0: Welcome into another edition of the Fantasy Authority Podcast. I am your host, Kevin Steele. You can find me on Twitter at FantasyRat13. Joined, as always, by my special guest, Cody. But I don't know I don't know about special, but by my guest, Cody Kutzer. You can find him on Twitter at CKutzer. And this episode is the second half of the podcast. Um, we just talk about some Keeper League stuff, strategy, maybe some different types of, uh, you know, if you're looking to set one up or whatever. Hope you guys enjoy the show. And if you guys have any questions, feel free to reach out, with, uh, out to us on Twitter, uh, FantasyRat13 or FF, and we'll be sure to help you out. Alright, enjoy the show and we'll see you guys next
1: week. Who else really trying to fuck with Hollywood Co. I'm with Molly G, bro, flying Hollywood chicks to my Hollywood shows. And I want to tell you something that you probably should know. This that that slumdog millionaire Bollywood flowing up. The topic two, never which from is what yeah. well, I'm excited about. And let's talk I'm
0: about some keeper league stuff, right? um Keeper leagues like are the redheaded stepchild. Like I said, they're kind of a mix between a dynasty league and a redraft league. You can do it where I've seen people only keep one player or two players, and then all the way up to like, you know, I've seen more leagues where people keep 10 players or um, or you keep your starter roster or whatever. whatever. And, and the league that I'm in, um that I can speak from experience from, is my home league. We've been doing it now for 10 years. You can keep Four players for free, and then the next two are twenty dollars a piece to to build up the pile. But so you can give it to six players, and you're allowed to trade all the way up until the day of the draft, which is, I think, something that you definitely should be doing in, in, in any keeper league because I think you can really sway some things, which is what we do. We allow trades all the way up until um we submit our keepers, and we submit our keepers two days before the draft starts. In terms of keepers, I know you don't you haven't played a lot of keeper leagues, but um, I think there's some things to try to take advantage of. If you're in a league that you can trade um, and keepers like, during the offseason, I would definitely take advantage of. Something that I've been doing the last couple of years, which really has worked out for me. One, I crush the draft whenever I draft. And so my team is absolutely s- the next year, right? Always. Like this year, I'm going to have to decide if I'm going to keep like Stephon Diggs and Aaron Jones. Like that's how good my, my team is, right? Like I may be, and I can keep six players. Um, right now my team is, a little humble brag, is Saquon Barkley, who I made a trade for last year. And uh, that, that's how I acquired him. And then I have Chris Godwin, the GOAT, of course. And then um, Nick Chubb, Miles Sanders, Aaron Jones, Stephon Diggs, Alan Robinson, Austin Hooper. Like the team was loaded last year, right? So what I what I did last year is I traded at the time I had Julio Jones and Antonio Brown and I what I did was is because you can only keep up to six so what I ended up doing is I traded a bunch I I, I traded Chris Carson I traded Hunter Henry I traded Allen Robinson who which I got back the guys you know whatever I'm not gonna say it, maybe he's listening um but he drafted, I traded him him um, Rashad Penny which you go with Chris Carson Darius Geis. like I traded him like seven players because his team was trash and all he had was Saquon and I acquired Saquon through that deal. Mind you, only player basically for me, only the trade was because I wasn't going to be able to keep any of those guys. I traded basically Saquon for Julio Jones straight up in a keeper league where I can keep Saquon the rest of his career if I want, right? So I felt like the deal really worked out for me. And it's, it's a really underrated move to make in a keeper league if you're allowed to make trades throughout the offseason, which I think you should. And if you can't, I would bring it up with your league mates because a lot of people don't think about it. That's something that's a viable strategy. But you can't do that. And that's what that's what I did. And that's what I'm going to do again this year because my team, again, is once again stacked. And I'm going to go out headhunting for another position that I may like. And so... I think that is one strategy that that people in Keeper League should be doing. And now the other thing with, like I've said, like Keeper League is very similar in a lot of ways to Dynasty. Your first round, because the way we do it is we basically, basically, after we submit our keepers, we then place ADP, whatever their current ADP at that time is the round that you lose. So for me, I usually always lose my first six picks. But some people may end up keeping, you may lose your second round pick, your fifth round pick, your seventh, eighth, whatever, right? And so inevitably that first round, 99% of the time, it's always the rookies that are, they get drafted. The rookie running backs, you know, generally are always the ones that go first. Um, maybe somebody takes a wide receiver, but that generally doesn't happen, right? And a lot of ways, it is somewhat like Dynasty, right? Obviously, age matters a ton. The people overvalue age even even some, somewhat as well. Or people will value a player who's much younger versus older there is some dynasty concepts to it in terms of that you're just not going to be able to keep your entire team so it's kind of the best of both worlds to allow you to you can kind of build a squad depending on how many players you're allowed to keep in a keeper league but you can also have that draft every year that people love because a lot of people just love to draft and then a rookie draft is just not enough for them because most because people let's face it they're not going to spend the time in a keeper you know in a dynasty a lot of people don't aren't going to don't watch don't watch college don't know who these guys are and they're not going to spend the time in February and March to understand who these guys are, right? Like that's where keeper leagues come in. I think keeper leagues are a lot of fun. You, there, There's so many different variations. There's so many different things you can do. I've heard of all different kinds of things that like, so there's leagues where there's one keeper or two, and then, you know, there's, there's keeper leagues where you basically get, they're like on contract. So you can keep them for three years. And then after that, they go back into the free agency pool which makes things a little bit more interesting in terms of where you keep somebody how you keep somebody so so there's a lot of different things that go into a, a keeper league right for me i do value age a little bit more than others i i try to keep my team a little bit younger i will i'm willing to move on from a player like i did last year with julio at 30 i was like he, he's coming at the, he's, he's on the downward curve of his career no matter what and i think trying to jump off of players I did the same thing. I love some fucking Calvin Johnson and I, I traded him the year before he retired. Or the 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 off season before he retired. Before he retired, I traded it. Worked out, obviously, cuz he retired and the guy was pissed. I think with keep, with keeper leagues is it's trying to ex- exploit things like that, and those are some things that I do. If you're allowed to trade, it's it's who gives a shit. You package up as many players as you possibly can that you're not going to be able to keep, and then you try to acquire a star. Go to a team that is hurting, that has nobody, maybe only has one or two good, really good players, and then try to get one of them from him. But you give him a whole war chest of players, helps him in the immediate, but also helps you as well, and, and it really didn't cost you anything.
1: Yeah, that that makes a lot of sense, and I think there's a lot of what you were touching on that also transfers over to dynasty, right? Like trying to get rid of the guys before that, before that wall really hits, before their production like really uh, drops off. I guess the the thing for me because I I went directly from redraft to dynasty, like I there was no in between. Like I I just jumped completely in the in the deep end with with dynasty. The the thing for me, you you, you mentioned how your league is set up. I think the thing that makes it that makes it difficult is because you you touched on this a little bit. There are so many different ways you can format a keeper league, right? Like you were talking about one keeper versus 10. Do you lose rounds that you took them in? Like I, I've heard of people talk about like you lose a round each year, right? So if you're keeping someone in the fifth, next year's fourth, next year's a third. I've heard of like it gets chopped in half. So it goes from like a fifth round pick to a third round pick. You you were talking about yours where you can keep them for for their career are the ones you can only keep them for a certain amount of time. The way that your league is set up that you're talking about, I guess that you're sounds like you're in a in a league with a bunch of the kids that you coach in little league, which I mean it's it's not all that impressive, but but nonetheless, is that is that how you would is that how you would want to set it up if you were to like institute like a, a new keeper league or like is there a, like a different way in terms of losing the round or not losing the round like with what you said is that how you would do it or would you do it a little bit differently if you were going to start one from scratch today
0: first of all it it is not with play it's not it's not with my little league team it is with the dudes that i've that i've known since uh high school I cannot help it. I play with a bunch of but this is like but the, for real though that is like typical redraft league though. Most no, of them no, I know, I know. They are the stereotypical uh, they show up with their draft mag on the, on draft day that came out in May and they're they're reading through it and they're they're skimming through the pages real quick and they're okay, I'm going to take this guy. You get to the, like the ninth, 10th round, nobody knows who anybody is anymore, you know? You know, you start drafting some rookies and people are like, "Who?" Who's that? you know like this year I could see like Justin Jefferson who is he playing for like like it's but that's what but that is like honestly your typical redraft league like that is that is what it is right it's not like we all like to think that we play in like really competitive <laughs> <No. laughs> ultra competitive leagues but we just don't okay right. home leagues are home leagues for a reason yes yeah. and 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 they are easy to, but I will say this I, I told you the players that I have every year my team looks like that. Every year, my team is stacked like that. I have never won. Not once.
1: It's the way the, the cookie crumbles, right? Dude,
0: it is the most frustrating. Like, I swear to God, like, I, I've talked about this offseason, like, uh, sacrificing a chicken to get the curse off me. Because, like, literally every year, I lose in the first round to the worst team ever. Or the, oh, if I get a bye, it's the next round. Like, literally every year, I lose. And I'm like, I need to do something to, to break this curse that I'm under because my team is too good to, to be to do this. So to answer your question, if I was starting one, so with a keeper league, I would probably want that sweet spot of probably four to eight keepers somewhere in that range because it allows you to build a team because if you only do one or two like it's not really to me it's not really worth it in my opinion um maybe you know we all have different you know ideas and stuff like that but we, we all have different things that uh you know but I, I feel like that there's a sweet spot there because in a sense what you're wanting is in a keeper league is that at least have some ability to actually build a team for the long haul right because just keeping Saquon Barkley every year and the rest of what's the point might as well just do a regular redraft league right? Like you're not, you're not really giving yourself any sort of advantage by doing that. So I, I do think that, I think the sweet spot is somewhere in that four to eight range. I think PPR is a must, or a half point PPR. Get get different with it, you know? Like, I never, I will never, ever, and I I get so angry every year, but it happens every year when people keep quarterbacks. I wouldn't even keep Patrick Mahomes if I had Patrick Mahomes, I don't think. Just not worth it. Unless your team, so bad, you don't have any other options, so you keep them. But chances are, you, you should have players you should be able to keep over them. There's Unless you're in a super flex, then it changes things. But if it's a single quarterback league, like, do never you should never keep a quarterback. You should not value this the, value them the same way because every year people do it. Everyone's keeping quarterbacks. I'm like, thank you, you just help me out. So, you just you just uh, you know save me the worry of having a draft. Like usually I wait till the last pick of every you know of of the draft to draft my quarterback. Also teams the leagues that use court, uh, kickers should just fucking be banned those shouldn't ever even exist. I don't believe in that either. But for me in terms of a keeper I think 4 to 4 to 8 is right is really and adds some incentives to it. Like I said like us making it the 5th and 6th you have to have pay to have some extra skin in the game. It I builds really the good. pot up a little bit more. And it really makes people like, okay, you know, if you're kind of on the, because there, there's this people that like, ah, I really like to draft. I like to draft as many players as I can. It, it kind of balances it out a little bit because only people that, unless you have like really, really solid players, or, you know, you just have money and you don't really give a shit about paying the extra 40 bucks. And you're going to keep the guys anyways, but you have some of those people too. But for the most part, people are a little less inclined to keep a player if they're not 100% confident in them. So it ends up putting some some solid players back in the pool. Because like I mentioned, in that I made a trade last year for Saquon, trade away Allen Robinson. The guy ended up not keeping Allen Robinson. Which is funny because he asked me about it, who he should keep afterwards. We already made the trade and everything, and I'm like, and he told me, and he's like, man, you think I should keep Allen Robinson? I'm like, man, if you don't want to keep Allen Robinson, don't keep Allen Robinson. And I knew my first pick. I'm sitting there on the board, I'm waiting. All these picks go by, Se- seventh, you know, we get to the seventh round, I'm up, and here's Allen Robinson on the board. Allen Robinson, thank you. Thank you, Alan Robinson. He's mine. Got it back. Thank you. So love me some Alan Robinson. But yeah, I, this, is, this, is, this is what I love about a keeper league because like, it's that mix between a redraft and a dynasty.
1: What about the, um, like the, the round penalties? Like where where do you where do you fall on that? Like, I do think,
0: I, I do think some of the other ones are interesting. So like the like if you drafted let's say like Pat Mahomes in the thirteenth, I do think it's somewhat interesting because it changes the values of players, and that is what is probably the most important thing in terms of a keeper league. Is is so if you have something like that where say the next year Pat Mahomes is valued at um at a seventh round pick because you have to cut his value in half. I would be more proponed uh, apropos to keep Patrick Mahomes at that point because then he becomes a much more different value at that point. And that is where things get a little bit tricky because a lot of people say, you know, hey, I, I drafted, uh, I don't know, uh, a player off top, of anybody, but let's say they, you know, hey, I can keep this player, player X in the eighth round, but he's really going right now in drafts in the second round versus, but then you also have maybe like, Aaron Jones or something like that who who you'd have to keep but he's going in the third round and you have to make that kind of decision on who to keep even though one's a, gets a little bit better value but maybe one's a better player right or a better or has a better a higher upside or something like that I think leagues like that are interesting because it makes you think a little bit more and it's not so cookie cutter of a a decision because for me, um, I mean, you're just keeping them as where their ADP is. That can change drastically, you know, in terms of how things work and, and who you should keep. You'd be surprised though that people would only keep like two players but maybe they have some guys that like would be like 12th, 13th round picks that are like, you know, some, some guys who have some, some nice upside or, or path relevancy, and then people just don't keep them. I mean, I don't know why you didn't keep that guy. You could have had him in like the 12th round. But um, I do think that strategy or that approach to a keeper league is, is pretty interesting because it makes it makes you think a little bit more and changes stuff up. We've always done it the ADP way. We pick a site. We use Fantasy Football Calculator. Everybody knows what it is. We go there. We assign everybody and then, actually, for keeper leagues, because it does get because like if you were to try to use like Yahoo or ESPN, it's it's much tougher to try to, to assign players their their draft. We use it is a it's only like twenty bucks, and I, I don't know why more people I don't hear about people talk about it. it's called Fan Draft, and it's actually a program that they come out with an update every year, and it is a it's like a virtual draft room. You know, you have a virtual draft board, so you hook it up to your computer, you hook it up to your TV, and you, you draft through it, and it's like twenty bucks every year to uh, to update it. And that's all it is, I think, or maybe even cheaper, maybe like 17 bucks. But it is it is by far the best thing that's out there. You can customize everything. You can set all your keepers in advance. So everyone submits their keepers. I go in and I put them all in. So whenever we go into the draft, hit start draft, and they're already in their rounds where they're supposed to go. So it automatically picks cycles right through them to speed the draft up. So that, that is another actually thing that I would tell people if you're in a keeper league. I would certainly recommend uh, play draft. Uh, like I said, it's free or it's not free, but it's like twenty bucks. I mean, it's totally worth the value. It's I think that is right around the price I would assume was like a paper draft board. But this is so much easier. You don't have the fucking piece, big ass piece of paper and everything else. You just hook it up to your TV and you roll. So
1: typically, like with a with a normal redraft league, that's like what like 15, 16 rounds is like a normal. Like you know what I mean? Like your typical home draft or do do keeper leagues have a couple extra rounds tacked on at the end because of the you know i mean the ability to to keep guys like do you like do you normally find keeper leagues having like maybe like 18 19 rounds because of the ability to keep guys year to year or is it still just like your basic like 15 16 round draft
0: ours is i think ours is 18 or 18 or 19 rounds i think yeah, I mean, I, I would I would typically say yes to have a little bit more uh, depth, a little bit more bench space, because you don't want to be put in a position, and I would also probably recommend upping your uh, IR spots as well, because you don't want to be in a position where you have to feel like you have to drop a player who maybe is a player you'd want to keep, because that is something that we experienced a lot where, um, I don't know, Christian McCaffrey tears ACL this year, and then you're like, fuck. And if you only have five bench spots and then you're like, shit, you know, most, most leagues in a redraft league, you just keep it. You just re- release them or something like that. Especially once you get to buys. Right. Maybe not Christian McCaffrey's probably not a fair guy. Cause I don't think anybody's going to be dropping him, but you know, maybe like an Aaron Jones or somebody that's a little bit lower, Josh Jacobs or something like that, that people would just drop. Well, what, and here's it, actually, that's a good thing you actually happy you brought that up because another really, really good pro tip. If you're a team that's out of it, about week 14, week 15 is the time to start really scouring the fuck out of the waivers, uh, out of your free agency, to see what players were dropped. Because if you get a lot of season-ending in, season injuries, and if some, some of those guys are really strong players, I would go and just fucking load my team up. If I'm out of the playoffs, I have no shot. I don't care about the guys I have my team, my bench spots. Who cares anymore? Just go and load up your team with all these guys who, who are getting dropped, or maybe use some foresight and think, hey, maybe this guy could be somebody next year. You know, look at his situation, whatever, and try to you know use some advanced thought on that. So that's the that's another thing that I usually do, and I'll go through and I'll add a bunch of players um, because like yeah, like like so we use like ESPN I think as our who, who runs it because um, I upload it after we do it through play draft. But usually, it's still open until like March or April or something like that. Like where you can still go on there and actually pick guys up and drop players from your team. So I, I usually am always paying attention to it and seeing what's going on. If anybody's out there that like, and I'll, I'll go and look real quick and I'll add them. So that's actually another thing that I would I would be paying attention to if I was in a keeper league. Would be uh, trying to figure out guys that people that players that have dropped and add them back to your team. So that is another reason why I would want to add more IR spots. So you can actually put guys on there. You don't have to make a decision to drop, you know, a player who you maybe think about keeping the next year.
1: Yeah, that, that makes a lot of sense. So to, to to wrap us up here, what about things that you that you would not do, or things that you would you know recommend against? You obviously just laid out a bunch of things that that you would look to do. Is there anything or like any common mistakes, I guess that uh, that you see? I mean, you you already mentioned about keeping quarterbacks. It's obviously something that you would you would advise against. But any other like common mistakes or anything that you would look at where you would say to not do. And uh, in keeper leagues.
0: I think one of the biggest things I see is people not spending enough time researching, especially in a keeper league, the later rounds for those rookies. Not, you know, not the Clyde edwards Hilaires and the Jonathan Taylors, the guys that everybody's going to know and it's going to get super hype. But the knowing who Darrington Evan is... um, Guys like that who are going to be going later in drafts or a DJ Dallas, if something happens to Chris Carson could end up being a big part of that offense guys like that, knowing who those guys are in advance, especially in a keeper league and trying to stash them on your roster can play huge dividends because not just one, because if they, if they earn themselves a starting role for the next year, you already have them on your team because that's so often I see guys in keeper leagues. Well, they'll draft Adrian Peterson or something in the 11th or 12th round Instead of going after a player like maybe a rookie wide receiver or or whatever, um, and do, because they they don't spend enough time researching who these guys are, and they're like, oh, well, I'll pick them up later or whatever, right? So unless they play for their favorite home team or whatever, that's about the only reason they're gonna know who some of these guys are. Like I said, I remember Michael Gallup's rookie year. I drafted Michael Gallup. People are like, who's Michael Gallup? And I'm like, really? Like it? it but it, that is pretty much par for the course for a lot of this stuff, right? I guarantee you I could draft Darrington Evans. And and unless he gets super, super fucking hype, nobody would know who he is in most keeper leagues because people just don't dig that deep. And so those are things that I would definitely be looking to do in a keeper league. And those are the guys that I target once I get past my, once my starting roster, which my team, since I have six, my my entire starting roster is pretty much set. So I just come out fucking firing on as high of upside guys as I could find. I don't give a shit about their floors. I've already got my roster set. You know, my running backs are set. My wide receivers are set. I'm not drafting for any starters outside of a tight end and a quarterback. And I don't really care about those. And I'll draft those later. So I just come out and just hammer the most high upside guys. And I I may even draft a guy a little higher than maybe what his ADP is. Because I feel like that down the road, that they have a little bit higher upside than what most do. Those are all things that I would be looking at doing in a keeper league. You know, that is how I would be always trying to draft. Like, I mean, I do that in a redraft, but even more so in a keeper, because you can really, you know, hit some major home runs later in the draft.
1: I like it, man. It makes uh makes a lot of sense. And if for, for anyone out there is listening now, if there's any other sort of format or any kind of content that that you want us to touch on that you either kind of feel gets gets neglected, like keeper leagues, please make sure to reach out to us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and basically anywhere. Like we, we're we're trying to get to everywhere where you guys might be. So if there's anything you want us to hit on dig deeper on whether it's article format, podcast, video, uh, just, just please reach out and let us know because we uh, we, obviously we, we want to help you guys out as much as possible.
0: No, 100%. And be on the lookout for the the, uh, new podcast that that we're we're looking to do. I think what do we we decide on? I think Fantasy Frontlines or something like that.
1: Yeah, Frontlines of Fantasy.
0: Yeah, there you go. Yeah, I think that's what our title we're looking for. So it should be a really good show. We're going to have some veterans, maybe even some active duty military personnel on there. We're going to be talking about their military service and, you know, some fantasy football as well. So that'll be its own separate show. So we're really excited about that one should have that one probably starting here in the next week or two. So uh, be on the lookout for that one. And uh, we're also going to be doing some shirts and some stuff like that, giving some ways and some of that stuff. So really excited about that. So anyways, I, mean, I and I do believe Cody actually has a YouTube video coming out. It's going to be top 10 uh, rookie running backs. That should be uh, mm-hmm. good. Uh, mm-hmm. The thumbnail on that one looks beautiful. just want to say that. Just throw that out there. Uh, there was a disaster of what it was going to look like before, but I had to come in and save the day on that one. Well, you know, can't be perfect and everything. <laughs> I uh, really appreciate everybody checking out the show this week. Uh, be sure to, you know, give us that thumbs up on YouTube. Hit that subscribe button if you're on if you're listening to this through podcast. Please, please. Uh Consider uh, rating and reviewing the show. It really helps us out. Yes. Really appreciate it. Again, like Cody said, if there's anything else you guys want to hear, want to, you know, want us to talk play. about, let us know. The show is for you. It's not for us. Um, you Where can find, you find me mean? on Twitter at fantasyrath13. My DMs are always open. You, you can always slide into them. Way. Or you can find Cody on Twitter at cclifterf. And until next week, I really appreciate it, and we will see you guys Just again next week. Peace. Keyshaw Jones. Tsharon really Vaughn is
1: crying. Yeah. yeah.
0: Fuck. Can you do well, anything it right? do you <laughs> Vaughn is life. I'm out. We hope you enjoy your stay. It's good to have you with us, even if it's just for the day. We hope you enjoy.